Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get into the Word of God and talk about it and allow it to change our lives. Have you ever wondered why it's so hard for some people to have faith? Well, we'll talk about it here as we look at a verse hidden in the Old Testament that is one of the most widely quoted verses in the New Testament that tells us why some people have problems having faith. Let's look at this verse. It's found in Romans 1, verse 17, in Galatians 3, verse 11, and Hebrews 10, verse 38. Three times a verse from Habakkuk is quoted in the New Testament. And the verse goes, the righteous one will live by his faith. Indeed, some have indicated that they believe Romans stresses the righteousness, Galatians stresses the living, and Hebrews stresses the faith. But what a powerful verse. What a key verse in the New Testament. The righteous one will live by his faith. We contend that one is saved by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ rather than by works of the law, being a good person, or things like this. It goes against basic instinct somewhat. It goes against our human nature to think, no, I want to be justified by my good works. I want to claim, as a matter of fact, you know, I talk to people on campus, and almost everybody, if I ask them the question, if you were to die and stand before God, and he said, why should I let you in heaven? Almost everybody says, well, I've, they, they give me a litany of how good they've been. I've tried my hardest. I mean, only the rankest of atheists who don't even believe in God would give a different answer because they, they just say they don't believe in heaven, they don't believe in God. But all, everyone I talk to, Muslims, Catholics, Protestants, agnostics, everybody, if there's a God, I would contend, I've tried my hardest, I've done my best, I've been good, I've gone to church, I've gone to mosque, I've and it all starts with I've, I've, I've. What have I done? It's trusting, it's faith in themselves. We contend in the Christian faith that we're saved by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ rather than by our own goodness. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be good. doesn't mean we shouldn't uh, live out that faith in a, in a way that's, that's filled with good deeds and righteous living and holiness. But the foundation of our salvation and our hope is that we have aligned ourselves, we've trusted in Jesus Christ. We know this. This is our basic gospel message. But it's very interesting. This little verse from Habakkuk 2.4, what does it say? If you go back to Habakkuk and read it, what does it say? Because in the New Testament, it's just this last part, the righteous one will live by his faith. But if you go back to Habakkuk, it says this, behold... As for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. What an interesting introduction to that verse that the New Testament writers took and, and based so much of their theology on. And so I ask you, what is the opposite of, of um, faith? And it seems like from this verse, the opposite of faith is pride. We would think the opposite is humility. Excuse me, the opposite of faith is, is unbelief. And of course, that's true. If you are um, not believing in God, you're unbelieving. That's true, obviously. But I would contend that everyone has faith. 
The question is, in the New Testament, we see that our faith is to be in Jesus. And I think what Habakkuk points out here is that our faith, the proud one, his faith is in himself. His trust is in himself. He exalts his own wisdom, his own knowledge, his own understanding above faith in God. And consequently, this is pride. Pride doesn't have to be seen as, you know, a person walking around with haughty eyes and, and, and you know, just a, a total narcissist, although obviously that's pride as well. But pride can be seen as I'm trusting in me. My faith is in me. My confidence is in me. There's so many verses that warn against this. Proverbs 3, where we, where we read, um, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Jeremiah 17 warns that we're cursed if we make flesh our strength, if we trust in our own strength. This is a spiritual principle. This comes down to how do I understand what's true? How do I understand how my life is to be lived? Do I give, do I give ultimate authority to myself? Or do I give ultimate authority to God? If I give ultimate authority to myself, that's pride. And if I'm proud, my soul won't be right within me. I will be stressed out. I will lack peace. I will lack the knowledge of God. If our soul is not right with God, our soul will not be right. It's that simple. You know, Jesus referred to this idea of being humble and how that relates to faith in Matthew chapter 11. It's the verse, I see it on campus all the time, and yet I've rarely heard anyone preach on this verse. So here you go, Matthew 11, beginning with verse 25. I, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this was well-pleasing in your sight. What an interesting verse. Is it possible that Jesus, what Jesus was saying here, does this mean that God hides things, not from people who are smart, but I think from the know-it-alls, from the people who think, who have faith in themselves, faith in their knowledge, faith in, 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 in just what, remember, they walk by sight, not by faith, and their total faith is in themselves in what they can see and what they can prove and what they can do and what they can understand. And there's not the humility before God. Remember, Jesus said, unless you're converted and become as a child, you'll never see the kingdom of God. And here here Jesus is saying that God reveals things to those who are converted and become as a child. Now, you might not like this. Some people don't like this because... You know, they think that's not right. I understand it. You know why they don't like it is because it attacks their pride. It slays their pride. Self, Jesus Christ, what did he have a problem with? Who did he have a problem with? He had a problem. You know, I was talking to someone on campus just this week, and she was saying that Jesus was really hard on the religious people, and he was really gentle and kind on the sinners. That's not the way I read the New Testament. 
I read that Jesus was really tough on the self-righteous and the proud people who in his day happened to be religious people. And he was very gentle and kind and merciful on the humble, the broken, those who acknowledge their sinfulness and those who are seeking help and salvation. God is opposed to the proud and he gives grace to the humble. He's not opposed to religion. He's not opposed to people who fear him and honor him and want to do the right thing by him unless it makes us self-righteous and proud. He opposes the self-righteous and proud. In our day, we have a new religion. We have a religion of scientism. We have a religion that says science has all the answers. We have, it's not, the new religion goes back to the Garden of Eden that exalts myself, my knowledge, my understanding, and is not humble enough to acknowledge that even my own brain, my own understanding, my own ability to, under, that to know things has been affected by sin, has been affected by the fall, and therefore I must humbly seek God and ask God for enlightenment and understanding if I'm to know the truth. Doesn't mean we don't study hard, doesn't mean we don't do our homework, doesn't mean we don't examine things, but it means we examine them in humility before God, understanding my own propensity to pride, self-righteousness, and thus self-delusion. Paul gave Timothy a powerful warning. Look at this. And parents, grandparents, you know, many of us spend our life and our life savings wanting to send our kids to college. And we've got to, we've got to think about this. God, Paul commended Timothy, who'd learned the faith from his mother and his grandmother. And so he had grown up in the faith. But look what Paul warns him towards the end of Paul's life. He's writing, he says, oh, Timothy, Guard what has been entrusted to you, avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and thus gone astray from the truth. Now, you know, if you read the New Testament and the Old Testament, you see that over and over and over again, we're told to get wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Dozens and dozens of times, seek wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. But here we have a verse that warns us that some have, have professed knowledge and have gone astray from the truth. Why? Because the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. If we leave God out of our knowledge, if we leave God out of our wisdom, we can profess what is falsely called knowledge that will lead us astray from God. The understanding of truth and knowledge starts with the fear of God. Those who don't have it will never find the truth. Those who do not, Romans 1 tells us what is self-evident, that God is there and that God's, the knowledge of God is obvious through what he's created, and we're without excuse if we don't believe. If you don't have that fear of God that begins with, then your knowledge will get off track. It's a warning. Paul warns us. He warns Timothy, guard what you have. Guard what you've been taught. Guard what you were the this faith you were raised in. Be careful not to be careful to avoid this worldly empty chatter and the false argument what's falsely called knowledge lest you get off track. Oh my goodness. In campus this week, I've so so many people, so many young people who had tell me they were raised in a Christian home, and now they no longer believe. 
and they're involved in some of them involved in terrible, terrible, terrible sin. It must break their parents' heart. I'm sure they've saved money and worked hard to send their kids to college only to be taught knowledge that does not start with the fear of God. And now their children are terrible, terribly unbelieving, unbelieving, atheist, involved in terrible sin, and far, far from God. My friends, we're in a spiritual battle. We must fight it God's way. People wish they didn't have to. People wish that we could just figure it all out differently. We start with humility before God. The righteous will live by his faith. As for the proud one, his soul is not right within him. We gain knowledge. We start with humility, a humility that gives us knowledge that leads us to faith. Oh, Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you for your ways. We think of how it says in Psalm 103 that you revealed your acts to the sons of Israel, but you gave your ways to Moses. We pray, O Father, we'd be people who understand your ways. You exalt humility. The humble will be exalted. The proud will be brought down. The humble one, their soul will be right. The proud one, their soul is not right within them. The humble one will have faith. The proud one will be unbelieving towards you because their faith is in themselves. Oh, Lord, today, do a work of deep faith, humility in each of our hearts. Might we be men and women of great faith. Might we be men and women of God. Might we be men and women who rise above the the worldly lostness. And might we shine brightly this day because we're walking in the ways of God. Make us like Moses whose face shone brightly after he'd met with you. And Father, we we have the Spirit of God shine brightly in us today, we ask. We give you this day to walk with you in holiness, in humility, in purity, in love, in goodness. We fight the fight of faith today. We take up the full armor today. We're your children. We're gonna make a difference this day. We believe it. We thank you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey. Wow, I love the Word of God. It's deep, it's rich, and it challenges us, and it thinks differently, and it challenges us to think differently. That's why I encourage you, come here every day. Get in the Word of God with us every day. You will learn principles that will transform your life. Some of us, we're, we're more influenced by the world than we realize, and we're told, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need this encouragement. So that's why we come here every day. If you're new, welcome. I hope you subscribe, hit the notify button, leave a comment, share with your friends, and like the video. Tell me where you're from. I always like, introduce yourself to us. I like to know who you are, okay? And if you're here regularly, of course, I love you. So glad to be here. We're here every day, 8.30 a.m. in the morning live, or you can watch later in the day, or even just listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. But get in the Word daily. Feed your soul daily. Get strong in God. Get strong in the Word of God. Walk in His ways. The world's getting darker and darker and darker. Those of us who are the light of the world, we need to shine brighter and brighter and brighter. Do it through the Word of God. So God bless you. I love you guys. Until we meet tomorrow, might He fill you with faith, humility, strength, wisdom, and love. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.